Welcome to Free Lunch Podcast, home of the New South Movement and the New South Movement Network. I am your boy, Tyke. DG the 27 Kid. And we are reporting live from Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Skyboxing Gym. Exactly, exactly. What are we here for, BG? Man, we here to talk to the WBC World Heavyweight Champion. And who, who might that be? That will be one Mr. Deontay Wilder, sir. The Bronze Bomber. We are definitely here. We will be talking with uh, Alabama Zone, Deontay Wilder. We're extremely excited and privileged to be here. Uh, and we just want you all to tune in as we have... Uh, different footage and different um, interviews and and discussions with the heavyweight champion of the world, as well as his his uh, his trainer, uh, JDs, and, and many team. other affiliates. The whole team. It's good to be home, man. Usually we on the road. We in D.C., Atlanta, doing these type of things. So it feels good to be able to connect in Alabama. Uh, you know, we we come from the other side of the state, being at Auburn, but we got acknowledged that we in championship, championship town. And it's gonna be a good time. So tune in. I hope you all enjoyed this podcast, especially the footage that we captured for you all on the day. So just tune in and check us out. You know what it is. Relance Podcast, home of the New South Movement and the New South Movement Network. Peace. How's training going so far? Training's going good. You know, uh, this is the fun part. We enjoy camp. We enjoy bringing guys all over the world here um, just to see a part of, of Tuscaloosa, you know, and uh, to be a part of our team um, leading us on the way to victory. I know you don't watch much tape on your competition, but fighting a southpaw, how much different is that for you? Um, I enjoy fighting southpaw, actually. It's, it's, it's a bit more challenging for me. Um, you know, you got opposite sides. You're so used to, I'm so used to fighting orthodox, which uh, is right-handers, that when you get a southpaw, it's, it's kind of a refreshing thing because it's, it's a different style. It's a different look. You know, you have to position your foot. Everything is different, you know, and uh, it brings a challenge to me. So um, I'm looking forward to it. You know much about this guy yet? I don't know. Then I, only only thing I know about him was the last last time I saw him um, fight, and uh, that's the only thing I know about him. So uh, I judge him off that. I'm dealing with looking video, like I said many times before. I don't look at it. I let my my trainers break break the fighters down, and uh, we go from there. You know, you can never be 100. percent You know. Uh, correct when you looking at guys on film anyway because it's different fighters. They say style makes fights, so he probably approached me with a different different kind of way. I mean, we I proved myself right against my last uh, fight against Johan Duopat. You know, they broke down film, they had him down to to a T. But when it came time to fight, he did nothing that that they thought he was going to do. He did the totally opposite and uh, proved me right. This guy seems to like a talk a lot. Oh, yes. It's a great, I mean, I think it's great for boxing. You know, I'm the type of person that no matter what, what people say, you know, uh, whether it's fans, whether it's media, you know, I don't take nothing personal. You know what I mean? Like, I got a good life. You know, my, my family's taken care of. You know, my kids taken care of. You know, I'm living my life like I want it. You know, so I, I can't complain about nothing. So whatever people say, you know, at the end of the day, I'm going back home happy. What are your thoughts about uh, fighting in Brooklyn and at the Barclays? I'm looking forward to it, you know. Um, it's my debut. 
New York has a lot of history, mm-hmm. you know, especially with heavyweights. And uh, I'm looking forward to putting my name there. You know, Barclays Center need a face, you know, and um, I want to make that a, I want my face to be a, a part of that place. You know, it's been many a times that they invited us to come and have fights at the Barclays Center, but it wasn't the right time. You know, we always judge my, my career off at the right time, at the right moment in my life. And uh, this is the right moment in the time. And uh, I'm looking forward to coming to New York and, and, and showing up and showing out for sure. With the shakeup in the heavyweight division recently, what opportunities do you see with this fight to make what kind of statement? Well, I, this statement, uh, with this fight, I want to make a statement that 2016 is, is mine for the taking. You know, I'm already claiming. I claim everything that I have. And this year, I'm already claiming that um, my mission is to be the undisputed heavyweight champion as well. Um, with those belts being switched, it's refreshing to the um, to the division, it's refreshing to boxing. But um, when this time comes, no matter who hand it lands in, I- I'm going to take it. You know, and um, with with Spuka, I, I want to make that statement. You know, I-, I need a dramatic knock. I need one of those crazy <laughs> oh my God! Did you see what happened? You know, the world stopped for a moment, kind of fight. You know, like I said before, get the chalk because the murder scene was round, <laughs> kind of fight. You know, and um, I'm looking to really knock him. You, you missing the knockouts with the last two fights coming early like that? Well, you know, I, you know, I'm enjoying. Actually, I'm enjoying going around. You know, um, people getting their money's worth and they getting to see a little bit more of my awkward style and what I bring to the table as far as different little things that I bring, you know, boxing, uh, inside fight, you know, hooks, going to the box, different little things, though. So um, I can't say I, I I miss it because I'm enjoying myself right now, but but I do want to uh, get back to it, uh, starting with uh, Spuka. Go ahead. If it's not about studying the opponent, what do you do as far as trying to become – a better fighter from one fight to the next. I, I continue to work on the same things I've been working on that got me where I am. You know, continue to work on the jab, continue to work on the right hand, continue to work on the on the on the hooks, continue to work on placing of my feet. You know, uh, my athleticism, my power, my speed, the the fundamentals, the one on one, of boxing. I, I still stick with the basics, and um, I continue to try to learn that. You know. Uh, I always said that once I stop learning, I don't want to be in it no more. I don't want to be in this sport if I'm not learning. You know, I don't want to be a know-it-all and, and just be in there to just make money and stuff like that. That's that's not my plans for myself. You know, I got big plans that I want to do until the time comes. And uh, once that time comes, I want to be out. I say I have 10 years in this sport, and I, at this point, I want to stick by. I don't want to be one of those guys that... I made a plan, I set a goal, but then time has came and it passed me by and I'm still here. You know, I got a lot of big things that I want to do. Going into this camp, are you training like a champion or are you still training like a lion? You always got to train. You always got to train like both. You know, you got to still train like a champion um, because you, you got guys that want to fulfill your position. They want to see what it's like to be a champion, but you also have to train like a lion because some of these guys are hungry, you know. They, they, they want, of course they want to be champion, but they, they, they want to whoop you, you know, and, and it's like you can't sleep. You can't sleep. You always got to be on game. You always got to be healthy. You always got to be in shape. You always got to think, what's the next guy doing? You know, maybe sometime while I'm, I'm it's a big world, of course. And, and when I'm asleep, some guys are up and vice versa. So with that being said, it brings 
it brings a different level of competition. You know, mm-hmm. everybody I understand. You know, when when you're not fighting for nothing, then it's just a regular fight. Then you hit a guy, then he may even say, "Hey, I'm, I'm done." Mm-hmm. But when you're fighting for a title, it's almost the line of "I'm willing to die in the ring," and that's what people don't understand. You know, people so so in tune to I don't know this guy's name or or the record or this is that, but they you know. Some of the toughest guys are the ones you don't know. They have to make a name somewhere. Mm-hmm. And then when you put up a prize on there, everybody wants to stick around. When it, when at that time, nobody wants to go down. And if you're going down, they're going to get back up because they know what's on the line. When you ain't got nothing to fight for, then what the hell to get back up for? Mm-hmm. I'm done. Let me get my money and go next time. Mm-hmm. How many fights do you hope to fight in 2016? As many as possible. As many as possible. I'm an active champion. I said that one out before I became a champion. I said I wanted to be an active champion, and I'm I'm I'm, I'm keeping my oath of it. You know, um, I'm I I love the sport. I, I said it many times. I'm in love with it. Uh, I can't express it so as much as as I I've, I've done. I'm truly in love with the sport. So when you're in love with with something and you love to do it, you don't want to stop. So. I mean, if I can get seven, eight times, you know what I mean? <laughs> Even though that don't seem possible because of the business of boxing and and the way it is ran and so much goes on in this sport, like people don't have no clue, you know. Uh, it can leave you with sleepless nights, but that's not my my part. That's my managers and my people here. But uh, if it was up to me, man, I, I'm, I'm ready every month, every two months, man. If I ain't hurt, I ain't recovering from nothing, let's go, why not? How close or how far away are we from seeing a, a unified belt? Man, you know, once the belts, once Fury beat Klitschko and he obtained all the belts, uh, and we was already talking about fighting each other years before this and even coming up to this moment, you know, I felt like it was it's, it's right there at the door now. You know, all I got to do is ring the belt But... Now the belts, uh, one of the belts is going to be spread somewhere else. Now it's going to be three champions and, you know, all this stuff going on. So, I, you know, my ideal time is, or year is, of course, 2016. I feel it's going to be a big year regardless. Either it's going to be done or it's going to be that much closer to being done, you know. So, um. We're still seeing it. Like I said, I, I, I can't wait. I can't wait. It's going to be a hell of a year, guys. I'm telling you. Looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to getting spewed out of the way. I never look look past opponent. I always say I look through him, and I'm looking through him. I'm looking right through him, going straight to Alexander Quebecan. That's my mandatory. I'm looking forward to whooping him in great fashion. And after that, whoever else next, you know. After that, I would love uh, for that time, man, Quebecan fighting, Klitschko, and Fury have a rematch and get that done. And after my mandatory, after they fight, me and him fight, you know, or uh, anything else. You you got you got uh, um, Louis Ortiz just beat uh, Bron Jennings. You know, they say they want me. I guess that's a Golden Boy thing, you know, mm-hmm. because we seen Golden Boy affiliated people whispering in Ortiz's ear about Deontay Wilder. Of course, they maybe have some animosity still against me because of me. Leaving the company, but break it on. I want them all. I'm going to clean up the vision regardless, you know. So, you know, it's going to be a hell of a year. I can't wait to see what's the lineup, who, who's here. It's going to be a great card in New York. We've got all kinds of heavyweights on this card, you know. I got 
all the heavyweights that, that want to fight me. Got the guy, Stavern, I took the belt from him. He's supposed to be on, on my undercard. Go, go figure. So, you know, I'm looking forward to it, man. It's, the heavyweight division is definitely getting excited, exciting, and it's definitely heating up. You said you want 10 years in the sport. Is it sad watching Roy Jones Jr. now, that last fight? You sad at all about that? Roy told me a long time ago, like, it's hard to, uh, it's, 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 it's hard to say no to, to, uh, to something that you love, but it's even harder when, when, when you're getting offered, you know, millions of dollars, you know, to fight. It's like, you, uh, you're gonna fight. You're doing something you love to do. So, and of course, the prize is behind it. But, I, I, I do think it's a point of time where you can, with all you've done in the sport, that I feel that it, you can, you can kind of mess your legacy up or where people remember you where you once were. Because that's all you hear of people, you know, Roy was the man back then, of course, and that's what he was. He was truly the man. But as he go on the boxes, all these devastating knockouts and stuff like that, you know, it's, it, it kind of saddens to, Saddens people, and sometimes I, I sit and, and want to shake my head too. And like, why? You know, I don't feel he has nothing to prove. You know, in the sport, but I mean, who, who, who could? Who could? We can't judge nobody. I mean, the, the man loved to fight. We don't know what he got going on in his life that want to continue, want to make him continue to fight. You know, so everybody still have a dream in this sport, and it's a tough sport. And just like I said, I want ten years. Now, I'm, when that when that nine and a half come, I want to know <laughs> will I will I exit the building, especially when you you got a price of money on the you know hey you just one more fight you fight this like that sounds good when you're trying to get this building and run this business or something like that like all right one more time and it's always one more time it's always one more time. You hey, know? Deontay, as an athlete who has mastered trash talk. Can you talk about the mental games that athletes play with one another and, and kind of looking back if you, you know saw the NFL game, the Giants and the Panthers on Sunday where it looked like uh, Josh Norman kind of got inside Odell Beckham Jr.'s yeah. head and you know he lost his game basically. Right. Talk yeah, about that. man, you know, some some people are just mentally weak sometimes when they, when it's dealing with, with trash talk and any kind of verbal talking. And that's part of the game for me. You know, you you got to be able to to strengthen that part of you, you know, because this is this is a sport where, I mean, what just overall, no matter what you're doing, you're gonna have what we call haters, and we're gonna have you're gonna have people that try to get in your head to knock you off your 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 game, you know. Sometimes, far as being a, a athlete, you may feel that this guy better than you. So, but my strategy is, if I trash talk him, I can get him out of his game for that night. I got him, you know. So that what happened. He got him out of his game. He got him, and, you know, it's the start of a fight. You know, I, I think he could have, should have controlled this, not show that side of him to let you know that he got to him, but he did, you know, you know, I didn't see it. I heard about it. You know, I was hearing about it. Actually, on the phone with somebody was looking at it. They were like, ooh, you know, but, but that's just part of it, man. Yeah. For me, I just smile. You know, sometimes I'll put my two cents in there just to have fun, just to play around, just to get the fans. Some controversy, just so they want to hear, you know. But the thing about me, when I say things, nine times out of ten, I mean what I say. Even though I put it in a playful way, I mean it. I keep it at sight. So when I get in the ring, 
I'm a bag of what I said. I'm not the type of person that get in front of these cameras because you got so many, especially in the fight game, you got so many guys that if they in this room, oh man, yes up, what's up, champ? Yeah, man, how you doing? But when they get in front of these cameras, I knock them out. You know, yeah, he looks sloppy. Yeah, man, I can't wait to beat him. He's easy. All you got to do, do is this. I don't have two face. You, how you get me right here is how I am. Whether it's my next opponent in the, in the room with me, I said in his face. That's how I am. You know, a lot of guys are not like that. Yeah, but that's just part of the part of the sport, man. Part of you got to market yourself, you got to promote yourself. You got to have somebody to believe in you. You know, even if you're lying, you know, who, who wants to believe the the, the the pretty truth when you can tell an ugly lie? <laughs> so you're close to fighting Glasgow. Uh How frustrating was that? That didn't get worked oh, out, goodness. and then you're, you may he's on your undercard in, <laughs> in New York. You I know. Have a few words for him, you know that. You know when I when I found out. I, when I found out he was on my own car, I, I did what I just did. I laughed. You know, it was funny. I mean, you know, it's that's just what I said about the business of, it's a tough business, man. It's a difficult business to be in when you in negotiation for, for a guy for two months, man, you know, and all of a sudden something happened dramatically in the sport and it changed, it changed, changed the scenes about, Bit and um, you have your handlers like man, we ain't finna, you know, you finna fight for the most respected belt in all of boxing and get more money for it, but you choose to go to something lesser, you know, and um, fight for uh, fight an easier opponent, which you know, <laughs> and to, I can't do nothing about it. I ain't, you know, ain't no need to me getting upset about it. I wasn't upset, you know, I said my words and all that, but you know how I felt at the time. But right now, I'm not upset, you know. They they taking their path. They doing what they want to do. We did the same way. We chose our path. We don't care what we didn't care what nobody said. We we went the route we wanted to go. And I can't do no respect, man. Um, I'll, you know, for both fighters, I wish them luck of getting the belt because, like I said, at the end of the day, it's gonna come back around to me anyway. So I, I've seen uh, the social media beef between you and uh, and Briggs. Anything oh God. you want to say about that? It's kind of dying down a little bit. You know, you still have your your your, your little fans that don't have a job. You know? <laughs> yeah. All they do is, is be on the internet or, you know, or let's let's see what I can say today. But Briggs is another guy, you know, when when you when you as when you when you become a loud person like that, you gotta know something wrong. Anybody that's making noise ain't gonna be that loud. You know, every day he's loud because he already know that Ain't no way in hell he can get in the ring and fight. Why you only think he fight at Indian Resort Casinos? Low commission places. He can't pass a, he can't pass a full physical. He, he let, let him see me pass an MRI or, or a scat, CAT scan or so. You can't even get licensed in a bigger state. So you're going to make, when you can't pass the, the qualifications of things, the requirements that you have to pass, you're going to be the loudest person in the room because you already know where, you know, and then I, I can't. So let's, let's make it seem, Let's get these people a show. Let's make it seem like I can so I won't seem like a punk. See, as a fighter, you don't want to broadcast yourself as a punk. You don't want the next person to know you weak or you're a punk and stuff like that. And uh, that's what Briggs try to do. I feel he's too old. He's doing it the wrong way. That's why Why you think he's still 47 in rank, which I don't care about the rank. I tried to fight the guy. I called my people. I like, man, let's make this happen. <laughs> you know, I didn't care. I don't care about the rank because even, even with the rankings, we all seen it many times that this right there can get you up there. We got guys in the rankings right now ain't fighting nobody ranked, but 
number two and number three and number four. So I don't really look at the ring. I wanted to fight him, but he it's a lot of things that's going on with Shannon. Shannon don't want to reveal. So maybe when he's 50, you know, he'll reveal him and say, guys, you know, I, I know the truth. You know, I, I know the truth. So, you know, it's, it's all fun and games to me. When you know the truth and you see another person acting out of character and doing stuff for the fans, that's the only reason people want to see the fight because he's a loud mouth. He'd have made himself a star on the internet. He's a social media whore. You know, we're going to put it like that. <laughs> and he even made his name for that. So that's the only reason people want to see the fight because they already know what the result's going to be. You know, you already know what the result's going to be. So when you whoop him, on to the next guy. How did, how did you and, and Deontay um, actually meet? And can you give us some kind of background on the relationship that you and him have developed throughout the years? Oh, yeah. We, we started when he came in the gym. He came in the gym his first day in late 2005. Okay. And uh, he just walked in, said he wanted to box, and I said okay. And I knew he, obviously he passed the eye test, but he was by by no means was he a phenom or anything. He certainly could punch. He had punching power. He had athleticism. He had height. But as far as you know, he didn't just come in and look like Floyd Mayweather. You know, it was it was it was the hard work he put in that he really doesn't get enough credit for. You know, uh, a phenom seems like everybody thinks he's just good at it automatically. He worked for his. He, he he earned every inch of success that he had, and I don't think he gets the credit for the amount of work he put in. But we've got a we've got a family kind of relationship. We've had it for for the since day one on. Uh, Russ, my assistant coach, informed me that in the entire history of boxing, uh, we're the only fighter and and coach that have started from day one in the gym together, all the way to the heavyweight championship of the world. It's never happened before. So we, I think that's pretty cool. Oh, it you know? is. Uh, but it really, to more than anything, it speaks to loyalty because he had every opportunity to go here, go there. You know, they said, why don't you go to come to New York? And he said, you know, I already knocked out all the guys in New York. <laughs> you know, why don't they move to Bama? Right. You know, oh, why don't you go to L.A., man? They got a good single. I already knocked out the guys in L.A. Why don't they come to Bama? So we enjoy that part of it, being able to knock people off from bigger cities, people who think we don't belong. So we carry like a massive boulder-sized chip on our shoulder. Uh, you don't think we belong? Step in the ring. ring. Yeah. And, and we'll prove it's it like football. You don't think you know, think Alabama's ain't got nothing? Step on the field. Yeah. Same kind of thing. Can you just kind of talk about how he, his love for the state of Alabama and just the South and yeah. how he's trying to put that on the map as far as boxing is concerned? Well, De Deontay, uh, uh, like I said, Deontay could have left, but he never did. He's always maintained that Alabama's his home, Sky's his gym, Tuscaloosa's his base. Uh, he could have fought anywhere his first two title defenses, Vegas, New York. He chose Alabama. Birmingham both times landed that. And that's huge. You know, first two heavyweight title fights in the history of the state of Alabama uh, were our shows. Yes. So you think about it. So it's incredible what he's done for the state of Alabama. Um, we have been doing boxing shows since 1995. He started as a, as a, as in the gym in 2005. So it was perfect because we had some, we had some uh, experience. I don't think we would have known what to do with a talent and ambition level that he had had he come around in 95 or even 2000. Because we had been to Dubai, we had been to China, we had been to Russia, we have been to Germany, Italy, England, Australia. we have been to all these places with fighters. We knew who was who and what was what. So when a guy like Deontay came in, we, we were able to match his potential with our obsessive enthusiasm, you know, and we put that together and, and it just was perfect. It's like God's timing on that because, because you know, it just was, it just was, it was perfect timing that he came along the time he did. One last question about skyboxing. Can you just talk about how long you all have been around and even some of your history? Um, 
I saw that you've been in the ring oh, yeah. back in the day. So oh, yeah, if you can right. even talk about getting started with skyboxing and your, and your days in the ring. Right. Well, I'm I'm uh, 47 <laughs> now, so I'm not, but uh, but but skyboxing we started as a promotional company in uh, in '95. Started as a gym in '97, and so we were putting on shows. We put on over 80 80 shows, mostly pro, all throughout uh, the southeast, but mostly in Alabama. And um, um, I started off as a, uh, as a Golden Glove boxer, amateur boxer. Right. Never fought professionally uh, and fought some bunch of tough man fights, which is really not any competition there. But uh, but but I really made my mark as a sparring partner. Uh, I was a sparring partner uh, for for because we had another trainer that was here, and I was kind of the resident sparring partner and the promoter. So I sparred with pretty much every fighter that came through for uh, from when I was you know 15 all the way till I was probably oh, wow. 40. Okay. I sparred thousands of rounds with, with everybody from Deontay to Wade Lewis, T-Bone Adams, Tim Mitchell, Earl Monroe, Buddy West, um, um, su- uh, super middleweight champion Byron Mitchell, everybody. I sparred mm-hmm. with everybody, and I enjoyed it, and I learned a lot doing it, and I think it helps as a trainer that I have been in there. I have taken some shots. I, I, I know how to move like a fighter, and I think that, that helps simulate a look. So when we fight somebody, I'll watch them on tape and try to simulate how – he moves and why he moves that way. Sometimes I do it better than other times, but 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 I try to give as good a look as I can. Are you from Alabama? Yeah, originally from Alabama. I became a television reporter. Um, I did that here down in then Panama City Beach, Florida. I was down there for several years, and then I came back here and did start the boxing. Yeah. Well, thank you, uh, Jay, for having us out, and uh, we really appreciate you and what, especially what the you and Deontay are doing for the state of Alabama and the Southeast. So. Thanks a lot, and I uh, really appreciate you having us out. Oh, glad to do it. Glad to do it. It's like me and Deontay like family here, baby. Oh, yeah. yeah. Thanks. Right. Thank you a lot. Free Lunch Podcast family, Deontay Wilder, trainer, Russ Abner. Um, as he prepared for this upcoming fight, what are some things you see that he's been really doing a good job of? Just basically, you know, there's things you have to do differently against the southpaw. You know, everybody knows that much the same way that a southpaw, when he fights another southpaw, has to do things differently than he would if he was fighting a right-hander. So because we haven't fought a southpaw since Audley Harrison, you know, and we've been doing a lot of our work based on fighting right-handers, there are certain things that have to be reinstilled in Deontay reprogrammed, you know, just to change things that are going to be conducive to handling a a tough southpaw like Spilka. Talk about his work ethic and his hard work in the ring. Well, you know what? What I like about him, especially when he comes in 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 a good mood, is he's so open and willing to learn. And to me, that's that's the key. When when someone's in a good mood and they're happy and they're willing to learn, the sky's the limit on what you can achieve. So I'm I'm happy. A lot of guys sometimes, you know, they reach a certain point where they think they might know everything. And it's nice to see that he still wants to learn and he still realizes that even though he's champion of the world, he's a champion of the world still in development. Like he's so he started boxing late. He had a limited amateur career. Won a bronze medal. I mean, he became he became from from day one, the first day he ever walked into a boxing gym, to heavyweight champion of the world in less than 10 years. And that included a bronze medal at the Olympics, which is phenomenal. But that's a short period of time. So he realizes that he's still a, a fighter in development. And, and as long as he knows that and he realizes that and he wants to learn, he'll just keep getting better and better. Obviously, as a champion, you're consistently facing better opposition. But I like the fact that Deontay wants to continue learning. To me, that's a that's a key thing that that he wants to keep learning and uh, uh, and 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 develop and get better. And 
And like I said, he's a work in progress. Sometimes or world champions that are out there have had such an extensive amateur career. You know, they had 350 amateur fights. You know, they had, they've had 35 pro fights. By the time they reach the pinnacle of champion of the world, they have pretty much put the whole package together at that time. You know, Deontay is still learning. Believe it or not, he continues like this. What you see before you as a heavyweight champion is going to get better which is a great thing. That's a great thing. Really appreciate the time and uh, just look forward to the fight that's coming up in, in January. We'll, we'll, we'll be in attendance. So We'll be in Brooklyn, man. That's good. I'm looking forward to it as well. Enjoy it. All right. Man, you've been doing a lot for the state of Alabama. Can you just talk about how you really just changing the sport of boxing, not only in the state, but just carrying the state on your back? Almost definitely. It, it started back in the Olympics when I won my bronze medal. You know, not only was I carrying Alabama, but I carried, I carried the, the United States. So, it feels like the same way in the professional rings, too, carrying the United States. You know, we got an American heavyweight champion right now and um, looking to unify the division. And, but, but it's been a great thing for Alabama, you know. Um, we didn't have a lot of champions come out of here but, but have had to leave um, when they was younger or something like that, um, such as Vander Holyfield, Joe Lewis, Ernie Shavers. But I was the only one to be able to, to stay and do it here. I know if those guys was able to pursue their career here in the state of Alabama, they probably would, you know, due to circumstances, you know, they can't control having to move when they're young and stuff like that. But I saw that and I made it my business to want to create something here in this state where I'm from. They say home is where the heart is, and that's what my heart my heart is. I had so many guys, so many people, I would say, that tried to draw me away from this small state, especially the city of Tuscaloosa. But... Just my, my love and heart is here at home still. I may have many residents elsewhere, but this will always be my home, you know, and um, and I'm passionate about it. And the people that live here respect that highly. You know, they love me for that, and they arrive for me. They go to war any day of the week for me. But this is just the beginning, the beginning of what I want to do for for Alabama, um, especially when we had got the commission a long time ago. After the Olympics, I made it my business to get the commission. We said, I can fight for my country, but I can't fight for my state. What's up with that? And that started the movement of it. And so since we had our professional sanctioned bout, it's been on since since then. Especially, yeah, man. We've been supporting you just since I first learned about you from the Olympics. And from that day, I'm from Mobile. Okay. And my boy from uh, Selma. We from okay. Selma. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And, and so we've been following you ever since uh, when you even made that debut. Can you just talk about going back to 2005? What made you walk into this gym? You know, I got started because of my soon-to-be 11-year-old daughter, Naya Wilder, which was born with spina bifida. I attended Shelton State Community College, and um, I, Naya was on the way when I was 19 years old. So I had to make some big man decisions, you know. And uh, so I, I felt like college will always be an opportunity for me to go back and I felt like my daughter was my sport so I decided to drop out of college you know for her to get a job because what she was dealing with was uh, way greater than what I could endure in my life at any day and, and, and that's what she have done and still doing now you know um so even when I visited Children's Hospital a couple of weeks ago you know my my yeah, my daughter was there before. That's the story that a lot of people don't hear about you. And, 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 and those type of stories and what you're doing for the state, that just shows to me that it's bigger than, than, than the sport of boxing for you. The thing about the world is that the world focuses on too much of negativity. It's like the bad get more attention than the good. That's why it's so many. It's a lot of things that people do out here positive, you know, that people don't even see or may not hear about it because it's a positive way. But. 
time they do something bad, just say, I, time I go out here and rob something or, or hold a gun or hold somebody hostage, I'm, I'm making CNN. I'm making worldwide news. You know, it's going viral. You know, it's, I, it's a couple of things I've done in my career. Whether it was the truth or not, right. The next day, it went viral. Right, right, right. Now, why can't going to children's hospital where kids are battling every day for their life, what we go through in life, that's nothing. We, we ought to be thanking God every day. You know, them kids still smile. They still hold a great conversation. Some of them know what's going on with them and some of them don't. But they got the biggest fight of their life every day. This fight that I'm doing every couple of months, man, ain't nothing compared to what they're doing. But why is that not getting noticed? Why is that not going by? Why I'm not getting friends all over the world calling me or, or you know what I'm saying, or, or, or social media and me? Good job, man. You know, it, it is, it's just sad. It is, it is. It is. You know, sir? Nah, I just going to say, man, come going to Selma, Alabama, man. I know you got a relationship with Amp. Most definitely. To all my partners in Selma, Alabama, and Amp, you know, you one of them, man. I just salute y'all guys. Y'all keep doing what y'all are doing, man. Keep your head up. Keep positive. Surround yourself by positive people. That's the only way we're going to make it. Look at me. I'm a testimony. I'm a living witness. So use me as an example, man. We can all make it. We can all do it. I'm a Bama boy just like y'all guys. So Alabama stand up, baby. We ain't going nowhere. We kicking down doors each and every step of the way, baby. game.